God, what a time to be alive. I have some honeycomb stuck in my throat, so this is going to be smooth, real smooth. So today, chaps, you know, I wanted to, uh, let's address the elephant in the room, our dear and friendly Baptist brothers. You know, I've always said, you know, guys are like, oh, what do you think about the Roman Catholics? What do you think about the Mormons? What do you think about, you know, name your denomination, name your whatever. Every denomination has its clowns, and then every denomination has its absolute based kings. And so we want to find the based kings and make friendly relations with them. You know, and so it is with uh, a whole bunch of Baptist guys who have become very friendly with and have come to appreciate. Uh, as, you know, solid, good fighting men fighting this institutional war. And so it's, it's been really interesting to watch in from the outside an institutional battle. You know, not, it's not uh, very different. Uh, you know, I think 2016 was such an eye-opener for so many people who were, you know, just normie, you know, oh, politics is, you know, just the best, may the best man win, you know, fair votes. Uh, just, you know, fair coverage, just be informed and make the best vote, you know, in 2016, like blew that out the water um, to, you know, the power of media, the power of the meme war, the power of rhetoric and not backing down. And the time for debate is over the time for power, uh, for, you know, not apologizing, not folding, not outraging, you know, if, if, if nothing else, you know, the Donald showed us the way forward, you know, a very flawed man. And uh, if nothing else, he showed us the way forward to institutional war. And so it is with, uh, you know, and then 2020 comes along and, and, oh, you know, of course the votes are fair and of course the voting, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and again, the power of the power of bureaucracy. This was 2020s. 2016 was the power of the king, the, the absolute legend who, who won't back down, who won't fold, uh, who doesn't debate, but as, is all about the power game. 2020 was all about bureaucracy, institutional power. So even though, you know, 2016, Trump gets in, he has the presidency. His, his party has the institutional power of the Senate and the House. Do they get anything done? They don't. And, you know, you look, you contrast that to, anyway, okay, you contrast that to, to Biden getting in. And within like, you know, within 10 days, it's like, all right, let's work, boys, let's work. Because they, they understand power. You know, whereas all of these Republicans hadn't caught up to the Donald yet. Uh, and, and in a way, I, I think the Donald, you know, was, was subverted. Um, or maybe, you know, he just never, who knows? Who knows what, what went on in the inside there? The point being that come 2020, the bureaucracy was institutionally captured. It had, had never been cleaned out. You know, the swamp had never been drained. And so institutionally, it didn't matter who sh showed up to vote. It didn't matter the outcome because they never cleaned up the bureaucracy and they never cleaned up the media, you know. So the media were already setting. They tried to do it in 2016, but I don't quite think they knew the power of mimetic warfare. So now that they knew it, they're like, okay, we have to come with a different strategy. 
And that strategy is, is overt, just block your ears and say that we won. And they just do it and do it and do it. And they shriek and scream. And it's like, we won, we won, we won. And, and then the, the bureaucracy plays along. The bureaucracy is hand in hand. You know, like, yep, you know, the votes are, that's what it is, you know, all this stuff. And so bureaucratically, you know, four years of institutional power, but it was rotten institute. You know, it's, here's what I'm, I'm getting at with today's, today's stream is saving rotten institutions. Getting into the seat of power is not enough. Being elected president is not enough. Um, you know, being anointed king of the hierarchy is not enough. You have to actively gatekeep and cut out. You have to crush the clowns from within your own hierarchy. And you have to be like purge. You literally have to go freaking Stalin Mao, La Mao on, on your hierarchy. Because it's like, if you leave any clowns in, they're going to sabotage, you know? And even clowns that look friendly, you're like, oh, we're on your side. We're in your party. We, you know, as an ally, you know, we're with you, Donald, but we wouldn't say it that way. Out, gone, get straight to jail, straight to the 10th floor. You know, and it's like, you can't tolerate rot. You know, if, if you're, if you're going to take over an institution and it's rotting from the inside, you don't take it over. You know, I love that little, <laughs> that little photo I shared on Twitter with it of the dead roadkill with a balloon saying, feel better. <laughs> and that's what we do when we elect a president or some, one of our guys gets into institutional power. We're like, yay, the balloon got attached to the carcass. Like, woo, you know, our guys in there. And it's like, and the dead carcass, nothing like now it's just shiny with a nice balloon on it. You have to cut out the rot. You have to cut out the clowns. And this becomes very hard because we are so memed into, oh, you got to be kind. You've got to be fair. Now that you're in power, be magnanimous. Be a man of principle. You know, we don't go after our political enemies. We don't, we don't do reprisals. And that's why we lose. Because Biden comes in and it's like, cut this guy, cut this guy, cut this guy. They're all on a blacklist, never working in government again. This guy just got assassinated. This guy just lost, got an IRS. You know, the IRS is after him. This guy, you know, it's like, it's a witch hunt, right? An absolute purging of the institutions. Now they don't have to do much of it because there was no purge from the previous administration. You know, they purge all the heads. You know, when Trump came in, it's like, okay, all my guys are the heads. But if the heads don't purge the next layers down, nothing changes. The rotten animal, it's like, yay, we've got a rotten animal. And like, it's like, let's stick it in the fridge for four years. And it's like, all right. But when you take it out, it's still rotten. You have to cut out the rot. This brings us to this thing now of, you know, you look at the SBC and it's like, of course there was going to be shenanigans, you know? And, and again, why, guys are like, why are you so, if you're not a Baptist, why are you interested in their stuff? It's like, because it's a case study in institutional warfare. It's a case study in absolute clown subversion of what should be a unanimously right-wing organization. You know, they can't even affirm simple, sane things of like, you know, abortion and, you know, whatever. And so 
you know, a lot of guys, I think when, I think it was the, uh, the Methodists, right? The Methodists were like, let's have gay pastors. Woo. And everyone's like, Oh, it's just the Methodists. I mean, they're, they're weird, but it's just the Methodists. It's like, no, no, they are a template for every other institution. Just like it. If we don't learn, how did that happen? Why did that happen? What the heck happened over there? And then if we don't apply those learnings to our own institutions, like, come on, chaps, we've got to take these case studies seriously. And so that's why I was very intrigued by this whole Southern Baptist Convention and them electing a new president. And, you know, it's, it's really funny, you know, because there's even like the New York Times are writing like, oh, this is great. Like, we're so glad that a Nazi didn't get elected to the SBC. And it's like, you guys hate Christians. You write things about how Christians are terrible all the time. But now that they understand institutional power, they understand that an institution was about to get taken over by a Nazi, which would have been bad. But because it got taken over by a clown, they're like, oh, this is great. We love the SBC. The SBC is so compassionate and kind. We here at the New York Times throw a bone of appreciation and approval onto this church, which we hate, TM in brackets, unspoken part. We'll speak it aloud later because they'll do whatever we want because we write nice stories about them. They court us. Print, send tweet. So, you know, it's just hilarious. But so let's let's run let's run through some let's run through some scenarios here. Let's say that the based Baptist guy got elected. You know, all you know, it's kind of a twenty sixteen. They they buck. You know, all the electors come in and they buck the system. They they're sick of wokeness. They they just want a guy who's gonna go hard. And, and let's say they elected this guy, right? So, so now based Baptist guy gets into power. Here's immediately what happens is incredible re and shrieking from the outside world, you know, so immediately it's like South Africa, right? Immediate embargo, you know, on, on Rhodesia, immediate world trade sanctions, world embargo. So all the outside institutions start fighting you, you know, all the media houses start writing hit pieces against you. All the businesses start boycotting you, all the, uh, you know, woke other churches and things start like, oh, this is terrible. So you, you get a lot of outside pressure. And a lot of guys, in order to reach across the aisle to appease all of these, what they think are just in good faith, you know, if we just reach out to all these hostile institutions, they'll cut us some slack. It's like, no, they want to cut your throat. And so you don't appease. You don't apologize. You go full Duterte and you start you start cutting out the rot. You have to get to this place of like, who were all the previous guys, guys? Who were all the clowns, clowns? And you need to start cutting the rot. You know, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, straight to jail, right to the 10th floor. You're gone, you're gone. You know, you have to get to this place of like, and, and, and that's where it's like, man, like these guys don't understand what is required of kingship. You know, because it's like, oh, we're just gonna, you know, as slowly as it drifted leftwards, we're going to just turn it around and slowly take it rightwards. You know, so we expect this long slide to the left, this slippery slope to the left. We're like, oh, yeah, guys, we'll just turn around and have a long slide uphill back to the right, a slow slide back to the right. And it's like, it doesn't happen like that. The only way you go right is a hard reset. You know, it's like an inverted stock market, right? So a stock market, you know, it's big line go up, you know, over time. And then there's a bit, uh, a bit, you know, uh, uh, the the market uh, explodes and and drops. A hard reset, you know, that's the stock market. 
you have to think about it the other way for institutions, right? So institutions start out right wing and they have a slow decline. You know, they, they just have this slow creep of corruption and clownliness until boom, one day there's a hard reset. There's a hard reset right back to right wingness of like, no, we're not going to do this. You know, Franco, Duterte. And it's like straight back, you know, and, and that is what guys are petrified of, right? They can't take the outside heat. They can't take the outside um, challenge and embargo and an attack, you know, because, oh, what if the New York Times writes something about me and makes it? Because they will make up crap about you. You know, they'll be like, yeah, bloody uh, racist, misogynist. He took a bloody dog behind the shed and shot it. And let me tell you, it wasn't his dog. It was a black man's dog. That's racism and cruelty to animals in one. Let me tell you, this bloody, you know, we have it on, we have it from a secret source, a secret. Uh, we can't give up our sources. Also, James O'Keefe is the devil. Don't trust that guy. He, none of his sources are true. You know, they don't, they don't care about the truth. They'll just make up wild allegations. And so if you come out defensive, like, no, 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 like, that's not true. That's not true. And it's like, no, it's like, I don't care. I don't care. You know, like literally you can, you can start being like Al Jazeera TV, like memory TV of like, I proclaim, like start reading the Psalms of like, I proclaim a, a curse upon you. Like may the Lord break your teeth, New York times. May you be crushed under the feet of the saints and turned into dust and made dogs vomit upon you. You know, like literally start going hardcore because like we have to get to this place of understanding how institutional power works. It doesn't, there is no such thing as a slow drift to the right. There is no such thing as a slow reset to the right. You know, it, it doesn't happen that way. It's a hard reset every time. And unfortunately, you know, you look at 2016, it's like, right chaps, our, our guy is in. And so it's like, are we going to hard reset? And they're like, no, no, no. Let's reach across the aisle. Let's, let's, you know, bipartisan. And meantime, you know, no one wants to work with you because you're now orange man bad. You're now Nazis. You're now racists. You're now misogynist bigots. And it's like, chaps, that we're at institutional war. You don't, you don't reach across the aisle to the guys who's trying to kill your children. You know, you start, you start bloody doing stuff. And that's what this current administration has done. They get in office, hard reset. You know, it's like the, the slippery slope was going like this. Donald kind of just paused it. And then like, <laughs> you know, because they understand. Once you get in power, you hard reset, and then you carry on going slowly down the slope. So we need to, to really understand this thing of, of play that out of like, okay, based Baptist guy, you know, what are the, what are the scenarios that are going to happen? Let's say you get elected, you know, now you're battling a media storm. You're battling false allegations. You're going to have, um, you're going to have guys within uh, the denomination coming out with like crazy accusations or like slander and all this stuff you're going to have like a threat of like fissures and and breaking up of the of the uh denomination you're going to have um like a withdrawal of funding and money from outside businesses and whatever um you're going to have uh you're going to have like intense um kind of push on not necessarily the top guy but all the middle guys like all the just little pastors who just want to man i just want to love the lord and pastor my church and like they're going to start getting like just heavy institutions. Institutions are going to start coming after them. You know, like, oh, let's audit each pastor and make their life hell. And like a thousand phone calls at their church office. And like 
you know, put pig blood on, on their church and, you know, like literally start, they will start an institutional war on all the small guys. And that's where the king, the new guy has to be like, all right, chaps, close ranks, ride or die. Like we're going hard because it's not worth just sitting there and be like, oh, you know, let's just take a beating and then maybe they'll forget about us. And it's like, you know, that's what happened for four years of, of this last administration. It's like, well, let's just, you know, it's, you know, the media is the enemy of the people, but I'm not going to do anything about them. You know, CIA and the FBI are the enemy of the people, but I'm not going to do anything about them. You know, the Federal Reserve is the enemy of the people, but I'm not really going to do anything. You know, big tech, it's the enemy of the people, but I'm not really going to do anything about them. I'm just, oh, you know, I just, uh, and it's like, no, bear the sword. We want to die. So, so that's a, a big thing for us. You know, you, you have to understand your role and, and we, we can apply this chapter to our own lives. You know, <laughs> not many of us are heads of denominations, but if you're a pastor, if you're a father, father, you're, you're the head of an institution, your family. If you're a business owner, if you're a organization leader, like whatever hierarchies you're in, even you are institutionally a power broker, a power player. And we have to have this no fold, no kind of panic outrage mentality of like, of course, they're going to come at us and then we're going to crush the clowns. You know, we need to start taking names, chaps. You know, here's the thing when it comes to to institutional war, you have to you have to ask one question. Is this a capture or is this a copy? Are we going to be able to capture this institution? You know, so are we demographically, you know, so this last SBC election, they obviously thought that there would be enough guys to sway the vote and, and go for it. Like, obviously, go big for the vote and see if you can win this thing democratically. But now that you've lost that route, like that's done, right? And demographically, guys are going to start leaving. Guys are going to start being outcasted. You know, th- this new, I bet you right now, this new president is going to start chopping heads, is going to start purging. And so here's what you have to ask. Is this institution still capturable? And for a lot of guys, it's going to be a David and Saul thing of like, chaps, it's time to leave the palace because things are getting crazy town. And that's that's no, you know, it's the libertarian side of like, just lose all the institutions. Like, no, some institutions are capturable. But you have to also understand that if you have outed yourself as a David in this institution, the soul, the clown is now going to come after you and he's going to want to spear you. He's going to want to kill you. And so it's like, dude, you don't stay in this organization. You go into the desert and you copy, you make a new institution, you make a new hierarchy and you use all of this energy, all of this angst, all of this anger and, and drama. You use it as, as, media publicity, right? As, as synonymous hierarchy, uh, honor, right? Infamy even of like, I didn't get to become the president, but I'm now, I'm now linked to that height of this faction. So it's like, chaps, my 400 guys, let's go to the desert. You know, that's the way forward for this thing because this, you know, and and I, I look from the outside, but this institution is no longer winnable through the means that have just been used. You know, you, you, go, you come at the king, you best not miss. They missed, right? So now everybody who went for it is like out in the open. Oh, crap, you got to go to the desert. You know, and that's where it's like it becomes the second thing. I'm like, okay, if an institution is not capturable, then we have to copy it, right? And we have to plunder it. So this now becomes very important is, you know, number one, if, if an institution is capturable, you have to cut out the clowns. But if an institution is is if you have to copy it, if it's not capturable, you have to plunder the carcass. 
What that means is take everything you can on the way out with you. You know, someone said this a while back, which was a really good uh, thought, thought stem. But they were saying how leftists don't give up institutions. You know, so if they lose an election or if they see the power, you know, somehow the power flips, they burn things to the ground. They're like, I, either they plunder and take everything with them or they burn it all to the ground because like, if I can't use it, you're not going to use it, burn everything to the ground, salt the ground. Like that's what they do. Right. And it's like, you get to this point where like these godly men have built up these denominations for, you know, a hundred years, whatever it is, however all these denominations are hundred years worth of infrastructure, a hundred years worth of, of credit and, and building and, uh, value. So it's like, how much of this can you plunder? How much of this can you take with you? And if you can't take it with you, can you fold it? Can you salt the ground? You know, and like, oh, Scott, that's bloody, that's bloody terrible stuff. You know, it's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, we have to understand that this institution, we've lost it and it's now being weaponized against our people, which means it's a target to be destroyed. You know, so, so for, for instance, with like, with a lot of guys who are in institutions and have not made a shot at the king, they're still flying under the radar. They're, they're subverting the subverters. It's like, yeah, try win this thing. Try somehow win it. But if you've come out in the open and taken a shot at the king and you lose, you need to go to the desert and, and rebuild in the desert and, and copy the institution rather than try and capture it. And then you can go toe-to-toe. And what are you going toe-to-toe over? You're going toe-to-toe over the normies who are stuck in the institutional norms. You know, I'm like, well, I can't go there because, you know, they're going to come after me and are you strong enough to protect me? You know, that's why he's going to go out into the desert. There are going to be a bunch of pastors like, yeah, I don't care. I Financially, I don't care. You know, if people come after me and try try all this, like physically, if people try to come kill me, I'm okay. So there's going to be like 400 dudes who would go with this guy and start a new denominational infrastructure hierarchy institution, right? But there'll be thousands of other pastors who are like, oh, I don't know. Like I didn't come out, you know, publicly, so I'm not under attack personally. You know, maybe I'm just going to ride it over here for a while. You know, I don't know if they're going to even succeed. Are they even going to make it beyond a year? You know, if I do go over there and then I can't come back, you know, so you've got all these normies asking these institutional power questions. And that's what you're fighting over. You know, as, as building another institution to copy, you're fighting for the normies who are still stuck in the old hierarchy due to the understanding of power reprisal. They will go to whoever's more powerful whoever seems more powerful. And that means these guys weathering the storms, just absolutely never apologizing, never backing down, you know, because slander and everything's going to come against them. And it's like, yeah, we don't care. No apologies. Here's our vision. Here's our mission. We're building, we're fighting. And you know, that's DeSantis. Why is everybody moving to Florida? It's not because the bloody weather's nice and there's zero taxes. Yes, sure. But that's been the case for the last 30 years. You know, they're moving there because there's a king who is not, apologizing there's a king who's not folding and it's like everybody wants a king like jesus everybody wants a king who's not folding and who who is fighting and who's building and it's like people will move their whole lives to go out there and he's weathered a bunch of storms and not apologize they're like yeah i can sell everything and move down there like it's life-changing things that they'll follow a dude who is a king the whole thing here you know if you were to step out, you also have to be brave enough to leave Saul. Herwood. Is it Herawad? Herawad. Number one for my family is to get them as far away from big cities as possible. Yeah, you know, here's the deal. There's wisdom in 
getting away from normies. You know, normies panic. Normies are mob uh, act. They're act in. They act in mobs. You know, mob hysteria, mob violence, mob lockdowns, mob scarcity, mob hysteria. You want to get to a place where the the ability to mob is lessened. You know, and if you are going to be in a city, you make sure you have your own mob. You know, you literally like I love that that name, the mob. You know, the mafia, the mob. But it's like if you're going to stay in a place where there's mobs, you better mob up. You know, it's like that's the only way you could ever stay in a city is if you have your guys. And your guys are willing to, you know, actually mob. You know, mob defense, mob retaliation, mob reprisal. You know, it's that's why you 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 get like these certain ethnic groups that thrive in urban environments because they're freaking they have in-group preference. You know, you touch one of ours, we touch two of yours. Jack Stein. I wish we had an island we could build a civilization on. You know what, brother? That I agree with you. Completely, you know, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful metaphor. It's, it's the whole SpaceX thing going to Mars. Uh, it's the libertarian dream. We have to see our little town as that island. You have to see your family as that island, your church as that island, your neighborhood, your village, your town as that island. Because here's the problem, right? Rhodesia. Rhodesia was that island. The whole world comes to bear. You know, how dare this one island you know, I often make a, a joke with, you know, when I was in, in South Africa with a lot of the kind of pan-Africanist communist black guys, but it's like one white man living alone in peace is a danger to black man everywhere. A, a white man living alone in peace is a threat to black man everywhere. You know, because that's the current zeitgeist. You can't let white families go live on their own. Oh, but a black family wants to buy a piece of land and put a gated community and only have black tenants. Oh, God bless them. How progressive. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I bless them. Like, good on you guys, man. You're, you're doing in group. You're doing tribe. God bless you. You know, and they can even be Christian of all Christians. Like, I often say this. I would love, uh, Reverend Manning, if you're watching, I would love to go preach at Reverend Manning's black church and be like, you know, you black people have to have in group preference. You have to stand up in your own community and sort out your own crap. And no one else is going to look after you. No one else is coming to, to save you. You guys need to sort out your family crap. You guys need to sort out your economic crap. You guys need to sort out, you know, all your stuff. And it's the same with white people. We need to sort out our own lack of in-group. We need to sort out all the stuff. And no one's going to do it for us. So the problem with having some island or some piece of desert where, oh, it's just us. It's just our guys. You know, it's like, well, they're all a bunch of Nazis. And it's like, no, we've got, we've got a Mexican friend and a black friend who came with. Look, we're not Nazis. It's like, and you've lost. You've lost because we, we're trying to play. It's the same that I say with the Cape, you know, in South Africa, uh, the Cape, uh, Cape Town, it's the state or province that Cape Town is in are trying to, they want a bunch of guys want to secede from South Africa. The problem is they're all the same liberal buggers. They're all the same liberal framework that got South Africa into the problem it is. So it's just, it's just going to be a smaller South Africa with all the same problems. And, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, you know, decoupling empires. So it's like, I'd rather have hell that can't spread, you know. But here's the thing. We have to see, it's the Neo-Amish. We have to see our little village as an island. Our little village as a fortress. And that's where it's like, okay, why do the Amish get away with what they get away with? Because they just do it. 
they don't they don't need political sovereignty they have economic sovereignty media sovereignty and ministry sovereignty they have sovereignty and they just get on with it and you know their lives are pretty much an island you know they venture into the english world just to take our money you know and we throw our money at them man they're good bloody ss officers i tell you this is a good a good kind of uh metaphor to think on though uh jake is we need to see our our little place that we live in as an island you know we want an island free of clown world you know we want to put up boundaries we want to keep boundaries and clowns don't come here clowns don't come into my business clowns don't come into my church clowns don't come into my media clowns don't come into my local government you know and we have this ability to build little islands of civilization on this clown world as it kind of you know descends into into chaos if you're not explicitly right wing your institutions will drift leftward you know and so one of these things is you know we 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 hear this quote and we're like yeah that makes sense and it's like no 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 if you are not explicitly right wing you are drifting leftwards you know your family your mindset your speech your faith your belief systems your church that you go to your business you know your like everything in your life is drifting leftwards that's the normie right the normie is i'm not going to swim against the current i'm going to float and it's like no 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 chaps you know this is why bodybuilding has become synonymous with the right wing it's because we're literally swimming against laziness we're literally swimming against entropy you know of like i'm going to work out my body when everyone else is just floating down the mcdonald's drive through and so it is in our economic life our social life our political life our faith life we are built to work against the against entropy against rot you know meat just rots you know we're talking about rot, rotting institutions you know so so chaps one of the the biggest things for us is to internalize that statement if you are not living explicitly right wing you are drifting leftward uh rob the amish actually live the render unto caesar what is caesar's and then turn their back on piss earth and live their own way yeah 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 you know and that's it it's being it's being wise as serpents and gentle as doves you know whereas we are wise as doves and gentle as serpents you know we we get this thing whole like we we go and we riot at the capital and and it's like why didn't that work and it's like because that was freaking stupid you know and then you know when it comes to to building our own stuff we're like no no we can't build stuff you know it's it's everything's inverted whereas the the Amish have it right you know play the game render unto caesar and and crush uh Jake Beaver Island Michigan literally used to have a king that's awesome mormons man they're good yeah you know and the, the mormons are a great example of this cuz and and we should be here's here's the thing i i encourage you guys to do If you're not a Mormon, start making some Twitter friends with with some Mormon lads. The Mormons are a fascinating institutional battle to to poke your head into and watch at the moment because they have a huge amount of clowns trying to liberalize the Mormon faith, you know, and the Mormon community. And then all the Desnat absolute based legends are, you know, they're crushing. And so we need to be like, wow, this is a really cool thing that's going on over there. Uh, Rob, if you're not lifting heavy weights, you're drifting leftwards, my man. It's actually a, it's actually a really good, really good quote. Heroin, the advantage other ethnic groups have 
is when the move on mass is when they move on mass to a neighborhood they make it that bad that it automatically becomes exclusively populated by them yeah it's a great you know that's an amazing um tactic you know is to move into a place and you know blare your music make it dirty tank property prices scare the little liberal white people who love diversity i'm just not going to live by it <laughs> and they're gone you know it's like sweet you know eat up eat up the properties all right henry institutions create many trinities the individual the interpersonal relationships and the institution itself yeah and we have to understand these dynamics you know we've been so memed into this libertarian individual is everything you know and it's ironic because libertarians worship capital they worship the corporate entity yet they deny its power you know they deny they're like i'm just an individual and it's like yeah but you could also have a corporation that is doing all sorts of amazing crap to your enemies oh no that's aggression and it's like oh but they did it to me capitalism free market you know yeah it's that's a really good good thing there but it's it's the individual the interpersonal relationships and the institution itself and we we chatted about that as well you know the other day with with organizational market value seeing an organization as a feminine energy and us as as men working on into that organization with the masculine energy red sneakers leftism is inertia every civilization tends toward it as a matter of natural progression the strong men make good times meme is cliche but it has some truth to it yeah you know that's it leftism is inertia every civilization tends toward it as a matter of natural progression the reason being you know i we have to ask okay how do you define leftism how do you define rightism what is what are the defining characteristics and i would say the left is worship of self you know is is lack of responsibility lack of uh, authority systems whereas the right is authority to god you know and even like the pagan bodybuilder guys would be like there's they would call their god will or or iron will or discipline or you know but but there's an understanding of authority of of a right use of power patriarchy is probably a good maybe that's a patriarchy is a good essence of what it means to be right rightism right so patriarchy father god patriarch father man patriarch you know father like right wing bodybuilder of like it's my way intense will you know raw eggs and short shorts you know so it's all this kind of natural grace of authority and the patriarchy whereas the left is a lack of authority it's an usurping of authority it's a lessening of authority because authority demands responsibility authority demands discipline and we don't like discipline inertia is ill is undisciplined inertia is no responsible lack of responsibility laziness that defines the left and so with strong men making good times it literally is the right wing bodybuilders of like and and what you said there uh, rob if you're not lifting heavy weights you're drifting leftwards you know we and you look at christianity christianity imposes a higher authority on our earthly passions and lusts rob i think a key to understanding the amish is understanding that their in group and social technology revolves around living by god's law first and caesar's just enough to go along to get i was chatting with a mate in illinois and they were just chatting about you know how crazy state politics are and and the leftist politics and stuff and they're they're in the south south of illinois so it's still really rural and traditional and and you know they were talking about what happens if you know the homeschooling laws get changed and it's like chaps you play the game you play the institutional game you create your own private and everyone carries on homeschooling and it's like we're now have an institutional covering we have to understand 
that, okay, Caesar has a law. We are wise as serpents. You know, that's why the Jews, everyone's like, oh, he Jewed me. And it's like, yeah, Jews find the loophole. They are, copy their freaking homework. Copy Ben Shapiro's homework. He will find a loophole to get himself through. You know, and it's like, find the loopholes. We need to start finding the loopholes. And that comes through institutional power. W. Laser, what's my opinion on the Book of Mormon? Uh, I've never read it. I don't want our side to get lost in purity spirals, but I wonder how much deviation from God's word is okay, if any. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with the Roman Catholic chaps. It's the same with um, the Amish, uh, the Mennonites. You know, it's the same with the Greek Orthodox. I don't know. I don't spend time. I'm not a theologian. I'm an ADIQ grunt poster who, you know, I like to take what the galaxy brains are all saying. And I'm like, how does this apply to the everyday man? That's that's my world. So I don't go around reading the Book of Mormon. And well, I did. I bought things in which it is impossible for God to lie. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's my kind of title. Like, I'm, I'm really all about that. But this is by the um, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, which are the freaking, uh, what do you call them? The guys who uh, who don't celebrate Christmas. Jehovah Witness. Thank you, Andrew Quinn. You know, and I was like, okay, this is actually pretty interesting. I would like to read. And, and that's it. You know, we have to, we've been so memed as Christian boys. I'm like, don't read the Quran. You'll become a bloody Muslim. You know, don't, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. Like, I understand when I'm being influenced by something. And so, you know, that's why I have friends and I have disciples and uh, I, I am discipled by guys, by galaxy brains. And it's like, Hey guys, what do you think of this? Like, I'm, I actually like, I like page 28 of the Quran where they take guys to the 10th story building. I'm being influenced. What do we do about this? You know, and then we have a discussion and, and, and we bring it back to what we do know, which is the Bible, you know, reading the Bible and reading um, guys who are, who the fruit of their lives are like, yeah, that's good. I, I like the fruit of their lives. What are they, what are they saying about this? So when it comes to the Mormons, man, I love the fruit of a lot of these Mormon guys lives more than guys who I thought were my denomination. You know, the clowns in the, in the, the charismatic movement that I came out of absolute, you know, just social justice warriors, no regard for the family, no regard for the, for the uh, wife and mother, no regard for patriarchy. And it's like, if I, as an outsider had to apply the same purity spirals to my own denomination, it's like, geez, am, are my guys even saved? Are my guys even, do they even theonomy, bruh? And so, you know, it's that way with, with the Mormons. Are they saved? I, I really don't know. Uh, I'm not much of a, an evangelistic type guy. I mean, like, I hope that they find Jesus and, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The fruit, the fruit is good though. Uh, how much deviation from God's word is okay, if any? Here's the deal, right? When you read God's word applied to your life, your conscience is like, okay, crap. Like I need, I, this is, this is something that's, that I need to now apply to my life. That's repentance, right? That's discipline. And so one of the biggest things for me as well is like, I'm not going to go around trying to, you know, tell the Mormons or the, or the Roman Catholics how to run their, their faith when there's still things in my life that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm, if I am, if I am 100% got the, the, plank out of my own eye, you know? And so, so that's it for me. And it's like, and it's obvious, you know, you, you, it's like, Oh, so Scott, the pagan bodybuilder guys, 
you're not going to minister to them. It's like, no, no, no. Like I will give them, I will give them an account for the hope in Christ that I have, but I'm not going to go around telling them how to, you know, like you want to go be a Catholic boy because that's what you have faith for. Like I'm not, I'm not the, the 160 IQ galaxy brain evangelist. So I just don't, I just have no, I have no anxiety to try and fill that role. You know, my, I'm speaking to guys who would consider themselves Christians, who would consider themselves patriarchal, dominionist, worshippers of Jesus Christ, who is their king. That's my, that is my purity spiral. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the king of kings? That he has come to, to free me from condemnation? That his blood is, is the atonement for all of my sin, my sin nature? I am now no longer condemned. You know, if some guy comes and tells me like, Scott, you bloody bastard, you, Jesus told me you're condemned. And I'm like, no, like... <laughs> You're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to really try hard on that one, buddy. You know. So that's it for me. I think it's it's seeing our role. I'm not. I'm not in the ministry domain, and so it's not my role to purity spiral and and come up with a theological position for my church. You know, if you guys were all my church and this was a an, a, a Sunday event, I'm now. You know, uh, I think Paul says, but it's like guys who teach the word, you're gonna come under higher judgment for, for what you've said, you know, because you're, you're literally, this is a purity spiral area. You know, if you have a church, you kind of need to have 90% of your theology clarified and, and written down so that everyone knows what to do in your church. This isn't a church. This is ADIQ Greg posting on how to save our civilization. Uh, red sneakers think like a lawyer. Yeah. Andrew Quinn, some Jehovah witnesses are pretty based. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up, <laughs> Um, there was a Jehovah's witness family that used to, uh, uh, holiday, uh, with us and they had really beautiful daughters and it's like flirt to convert, you know, and that's what they had wholesome families. And, you know, again, the fruit of a lot of their, of their actual family life is like, man, these guys, they're doing stuff better than most purity spiraled Christians. You know, the church I grew up in the freaking, you know, the, the pastors got divorced and there was all sorts of crazy crap going on. It's like, yeah, but they had right theology, Scott, men flat. Uh, Rob, I read the book of Mormon and basic training. They only allow you religious books and Sunday mornings off to attend church service. Mormonism is Jesus, the Western. Des Bola. Nick, letters to a Mormon elder by white. If you're looking for a belief system comparison. Yeah, thanks. And that's it, man. Like, you know, I think, I think a lot of you guys will find it interesting to, to dive into different guys' theologies. And, you know, I think eventually you have to get to that place of like, okay, the fruit is from a root. I want to get to, to the roots of, of the culture, of the tribalism. You know, how did you get 10 kids, you know, wholesome marriages with 10 kids and, you know, like a desert fortress? Like, can we get some of that technology? Uh, we, we lost that technology and it's too painful to build back. All righty. All righty. Well, gentlemen, I think this has been a really fun day. And uh, may the Lord bless all of you guys. And uh, yeah, I think there's a, so I'm just trying to recap what the heck we spoke about today. Institutions, right? So just a, a great, a great idea for us on, on this whole institution thing. You know, if you are in an institution that is rotten, you know, is there a possibility for a hard reset over here? If there is, then stay in, you know, subvert the subverters. But if you've come out as a David and, and you've shot your shot and, and Saul's after you, chaps, copy the plunder the carcass and copy this institution and go build in the desert and, and you're fighting for normies, you know.
So praise God. God bless you, boys. Have a great evening, and we'll see you tomorrow.